0: So the last the last couple of weeks, um, I kind of ended up starting a series of sorts that I didn't really intend to start. But uh, and it was you know I, two weeks ago I, I talked about the necessity of Christ and how you know science tells us that air, water, food, and light are the things that we need to survive, and then how in Scripture Jesus actually meets every single one of those things, and that He is the very essence. Of survival and of life that we need to have Then last week I talked about the supremacy of christ and how jesus is over all there is no one like him He is the final authority. He is supreme And today the title of the message is the proximity of christ And about him being near to us Amazingly enough, there is not any pictures at all that talk about the proximity of christ like we've been able to make with these other ones But we're talking about Emmanuel and God with us. And that is who he is. And that is that proximity, that nearness of Christ. He is Emmanuel, God with us. That word proximity, it actually comes from a Latin word. And it means immediate nearness. Immediate nearness or blood alliance. That is what it means. I mean, you know, like, if you're going to be in proximity to someone, it's not just being like, oh, yeah, I mean, Bayfield is technically in proximity to Durango. Technically, I mean, there is a line somewhere, you know, that they are right close to each other. But everybody else is kind of like, oh, yeah, that's Durango. It's farther away than what we realized. And yet at the same time, it's also closer than what we realize. And so often, we kind of have this mentality about God that we think of Him as, oh yeah, I mean, God's there. He's there. But is He here? Is He here? In Isaiah chapter 7, the prophet Isaiah made this This prophecy, he said, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Then in the book of Matthew, it was reiterated by the angel to to Joseph, and it says this, and Matthew says, talking about Joseph, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Did you know that from the time Isaiah spoke, and what we just read there in chapter 7 to the time that Matthew recounted that and Joseph heard that from the angel was roughly 700 years. If you guys are like me, sometimes that those numbers just don't really mean anything anymore. You know, it's like 700, okay, whatever. You know, I mean, it's just what it is. But to put it into perspective, our nation is not even 250 years old yet. So, since everything we've ever learned about American history times that by three, and that's the amount of time between the one prophecy and the fulfillment of it. I mean, roughly. I know I'm just not accurate math, but it's close, all right? There is an incredible moment where God's saying, I want to bridge this gap that has been created. And I want to make sure that you understand that I am going to give you Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah also says this about Jesus in in chapter 9. He says, For a child is born to us and a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and his peace will never end, and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. 700 years. Now, for me, I I can sit there and think, if things don't happen in a matter of like a week, I get a little frustrated, right? God, where are you? you your word says that this is going to happen, and I prayed, and it didn't happen. Where are you? How come? 700 years. And then I love that there, at the very last there, it says, because the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. You see, God is so passionate about keeping his word. God is so passionate about the word that he says that it will come to pass that Isaiah also prophesies in Isaiah 55. We don't have that one up here. And he says, behold, um, he says, my word will go forth from my mouth and it will not return to me empty. It will accomplish everything that it was sent forth to accomplish. God is so committed to making sure his word is fulfilled that he will do whatever it takes. It's the passionate commitment of the Lord to say, no, this is going to happen. See, sometimes we we like to believe the idea that we have screwed our lives up so much that God can never use us anymore. But if God has spoken something over you, you're not big enough to screw it up bad enough that God can't use it. I promise. Now it takes us saying, God, please help me. Please forgive me. I want to do things differently. And it also takes us understanding that God is not just God, but God wants to live inside of us as Emmanuel, the God who is with us. See, for millennia, people have been trying to find their way to God. people I mean, literally, people have been trying to find their way to God for millennia. And he made a way. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the reconciler between man and God. See, from the moment of creation, God desired to commune with mankind. It is something that he has wanted from the very moment of creation. And he had it with Adam and Eve, and then they blew it. And he loved us so much that he gave his only son to die for us so that we could know him. I mean, if I were God, I know that's a game that sometimes we all tend to play in our minds, right? If I were God, I probably would have just started over. like, man, like, man, they screwed that up. All right. But that's not what he did. He said, you're worth it. He looked down at every single person who was on the earth at that time and every single person who was going to be on the earth until the end of time. And he said, you are worth it for me to send my own son to die for you to create that bridge. You are worth it. Jesus is God with us. Sometimes we can... We, we, we can fall into the trap that so many fell into the trap, even in Jesus's day when he was walking the earth. He was in the city and he did some miracles and people are going, my gosh, this guy's incredible. What's going on? And then one person said, wait a second, isn't that Jesus? Isn't that Mary's boy? Isn't that the brother of James? I mean, come on. I mean, that's Jesus. And you see, they had become so familiar with who he was that they couldn't see him for who he is. And I fear to say that sometimes we are in that same boat. We get so familiar with the stories about Jesus that we don't actually learn to know Jesus If you've grown up in church, you've probably heard Emmanuel, God with us. Okay, neat. You may have even heard of a church. Yeah, that's Emmanuel Fellowship. That's just what that is, right? And sometimes these things lose their meaning. If you're a Christian teenager like I was in the 90s, you know, or in the late 80s, you even had Amy Grant. Right? Yeah, all right. The shells going, I got it. Right? Yeah. Emmanuel. Right? The great 80s music of the time. And these saints tend to lose their impact and their reality of what they are. Because we become so familiar with who Jesus has been and what we know about him. That we don't remember or recognize who he is for us. In John chapter 1, it says this, talking about Jesus. And then you go down into verse 14 and it says this. So the word, it's talking about Jesus. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. See, I love this so much because God is saying and he's he's writing here. the, The apostle John is writing this. About Jesus. And he's making this correlation. And this connection that says. God is not some distant God. Who doesn't understand. He's making this this reality. Known to us. That Jesus actually came in the flesh. To live and dwell. Among us. He is the fulfillment. Of Emmanuel. God with us. And. You see, his desire to be with us and to reveal himself to us is so strong that he was willing to do whatever it took. He was willing. He said, I'm going to send my son down to you. See, he's been promising us from the beginning that he will never, ever leave us. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 8, it says this, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20, Jesus says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And then the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 13. He says, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow their example of faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. Do you know what that Greek word never means? Never. Right? Never. It won't ever happen. It will not ever happen. Now, I understand that sometimes we might feel like he's left us. Sometimes we might feel like things are out of our control. Well, that's a whole different message, and sometimes that's a good thing to feel out of control because we need to make sure and put everything back in his control. But just because we feel something and it might be very real feelings doesn't mean it's true. We cannot be people who are ruled by feelings. Now, as I say these things, please, I understand that it does not mean that we won't ever face hardships, okay? It doesn't mean that challenges won't come. It doesn't mean that things that are beyond our control won't happen. But it does mean that he will always be there to see us through. I don't know why somehow, somewhere along the line, we all kind of got this mentality that said, the Christian life is going to be really easy. Jesus never promised that. He actually promised in this world, you will have many troubles. Yay, right? He says, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. He promises to never leave us and never to forsake us, but he doesn't promise us everything's going to be rainbows and butterflies. See, Scripture tells us that he can identify with us in everything that we have gone through. Now, we can sit there and say, you know, but I mean, I've been through this, and I know Jesus never went through that, possibly. He did not have cell phones. However, the heart, the things that make us feel the way we feel, the things, the, the emotions that are there, he knows them, he gets them, he gets us because he has gone through it as well. He is the way through it. He is. Jesus is the only way through it. And all we have to do is increase our proximity to him. See, so often we, we tend to kind of have the same mentality that Durango and Bayfield are next to each other. But if you're on opposite ends of each town, you're a long ways from Durango or Bayfield. And a lot of us have that same relationship with God. We know God is near, but I'm way over here in this side of town. And James tells us, in chapter 4, he says, this is out of the Passion Translation, he says, move your heart closer and closer to God, and He will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure, and stop doubting. Too often, when we're living in this proximity that says we're close, but in reality we're a long ways away, not because God's a long ways away, but because we've just decided to be a farther away from him than what he would desire. Oftentimes we begin to start doubting. Did God really say? Is God's word really true? The morality that he put out in the Bible, is that actually still for today? Yes, it is. The Bible is absolute truth. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. And the reality is, is that as we draw closer to Him, and we let our hearts get closer and closer to Him, then that proximity feels nearer and nearer all the time. And we can actually begin to recognize Him as Emmanuel, God with us. See, God wants to be Part of your life. But he's not going to force himself to be part of your life. But God wants to be part of your life. And he doesn't just want to be a part of your life. He wants you to integrate yourself with him and say, I need you, Holy Spirit, living in me and living through me in everything that I do because I've made a pretty good mess of it all by myself. And I need to recognize him as Emmanuel, God with me. Too often we sit there and think, yeah, he's Emmanuel God with them. But he can be Emmanuel God with us if we just surrender our lives to him. From the inside out, he wants to restore every broken area of your life. From the inside out, he wants to restore Every broken area of your life. I'm going to say that one more time because I don't think we're getting it yet. from the inside out, he wants to restore every broken area of your life. Every area. All of them even the ones that nobody else sees, even the ones you're like, that one doesn't matter, it's just what it is, I don't ever want to rehash it again. No, he wants to restore and bring healing and bring restoration in every area of your life. But the only way for us to do that is to begin to recognize that he is Emmanuel, God with us, and get closer to him in everything that we do. I want my life to be such that people go, where does Jesus end and Chris begin? I'm not there, not even close. But that is a desire that I have because I'm going, man, God, I want to be who you have called me to be. So that when people look at me, they see Jesus in me. So that they can recognize that the God of the universe cares for us enough that he just wants to be with us all the time. He wants to commune with you. But you have to be willing to draw closer and closer to him. You see, Jesus comes looking for us. We sang that last song that he, he, goes, after the, he goes after the one and leaves the nine, nine behind to go after the one. And that is so true. But even as he goes after the one, he's like, hey, I'm here. That sheep still has to turn around and come to him. He's not just going, got it, got it. You know, I mean, every time they're running by. We have to be able to make that decision to say, Jesus, I need you. I want to know you as Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, you left everything to come down to earth, to live the life, to be born, to live the life, to die the worst death I could ever imagine. For me. Simply because. You are Emmanuel. God with us. If you're here today. And you've never asked Jesus to be your savior. If you've never known Jesus. To be the one to actually. Take away your sins. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. Maybe you're going, you know what, I mean, I know I asked Jesus into my heart a long time ago, but I have not been living my life at a place where I recognize him as Emmanuel, God with me. I've always seen him as this distant being rather than a relational God. If that's you this morning, then I want to give you an opportunity to just say, God, I need you today. There is something about the proximity of Christ that he wants us to grab hold of that if we can begin to understand who he is, that he is God with us, it will change us from the very core of our being and work its way outward. But we have to make that decision. There's nothing that you've ever done that is more powerful than his work on the cross. There is nothing you have ever done that is more powerful than the work that Jesus did on the cross. I don't care what you have done and how bad you think it is. Nothing you have ever done is ever worse than what he was able to do for us when he died on the cross for us. We have to understand that. Because if we are always trying to just make amends for it and always trying to pay penance for it and always trying to be like, oh God, I mean, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. sorry." For years and years and years, then the reality is, is that we think we can work our way into his saving grace rather than understanding that his forgiveness was already bought and purchased for us when he died on the cross. I cannot do anything to make him love me anymore. He already loves me completely. But I can change the way I think about him. I can change my life and the things that I do and I can change my decision if I've never accepted Him as my Savior I can today and if I've maybe just walked away from knowing Him as that God who wants to live inside of me and be God with me He wants to be Emmanuel I can make that decision today too we don't have to live in the failures of our past any longer because God with us Emmanuel wants to be live inside of you. Does this make sense this morning? Let's stand and we're going to pray. If everybody will just bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, but you would like to as your Savior, I would just ask you just to slip your hand up this morning because afterwards I'm going to find you and I'm going to pray with you. If there's anybody here who would like to know Jesus as your Savior. Amen. Thank you. Now maybe there's some of us here this morning as well who also are saying, man, I I, I see God as far off and not Emmanuel. I did at one point, but I don't right now. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand right, right where you are because we're, we're going to pray. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. Jesus, I thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. God, I just thank you so much that you are a God who loves us so much that you are just wanting to be with us and to commune with us. So, God, for those of us who who raised our hand and said, I've known you as distant, but now I got to know you personally, God, forgive us for having the wrong view of you. And God, we just submit our lives to you. And Holy Spirit, we ask that we just invite you into our lives and say, Come and know us today. Let us know you today as a God who is living and who is alive. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just create a desire inside of us just to know you more. God, we we all just want to be at that place, God, where we are close with you. As we are just remembering the reason that we even celebrate Christmas, Jesus, I just thank you for saying yes and coming to the earth. I thank you that you lived the life you lived and you died the death you died so that we could live forever with you in eternity. God, I just ask that you would just bless every single family who is here today, every family represented, those who are traveling. God, I ask that you would just keep them safe. God, I ask that there would just be a, a stirring up of just wanting to know you more, Jesus, because you are so good, and there is no one like you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, you're dismissed. We're going to have people up here in the front who would love to talk with you if you if you would uh or pray with you if you need prayer for anything. We also have uh, snacks in the back as well.